Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Run Your Money. Today on the show, we're talking about how to make giving a part of your financial strategy. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and personal finance consultant. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving if you celebrated, and I hope you had a wonderful Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and found all the good deals. And just FYI, in case you missed my Black Friday and Cyber Monday deal, I am offering $100 off my standalone Run Your Money sessions. Now, when I work with my clients in my Run Your Money roadmap, that is over six weeks, we look at your finances top to bottom. And the five core topics are looking at your money goals and mindset. Next is spending and debt. Next is saving, next is investing, and then we put it all together so you have a financial system that works for you. When we do a standalone session, we can focus on one, maybe two of those areas depending on exactly what's going on. So if you want me to help you get your investing together or your spending under control and a plan to pay off something like credit card debt, and you also want $100 off, then head over to the link in my bio that price of $100 off is only good this week. So if you want to book me, then make sure you grab that. And you have up to 60 days to schedule your session. So we can have it sometime this month, or perhaps in January. And I actually think this would be a really great time to book a session with me, especially if you want my support in investing, because investing and tax strategy actually go hand in hand since there are so many different kinds of investing accounts with different kinds of tax shelters and with tax season almost upon us here in the U.S., it might be something to think about if you want to mitigate your tax burden come April. The link is in the show notes if you want to book and to get to the show notes, just go to the episode info wherever you're listening to this podcast and you could book me there. Before we get to my conversation with Anna, I want to talk a little bit about why I felt it was really important to talk about giving on a personal finance podcast. In some ways, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because giving has to do with money and personal finance has to do with money. Seems to align. 
But I think that a lot of personal finance podcasts probably don't talk about this topic because I'm assuming that this episode is going to get less downloads than other episodes. And I'm totally fine with that. It is a less sexy topic because people want to know how they can make more money or optimize their money or build their wealth. And I totally get that because you do have to meet your needs and then some would be nice also in this society. But I think it's important to talk about giving for two reasons. One of the main reasons that I actually wanted to start this podcast and this business is because I don't think money is the root of all evil. I don't think money is actually a good or a bad thing. It's just a tool that can be used for good or evil, good or bad. And part of the problem with the inequality in our society and across the world is that wealth has been very concentrated among a small group of people. And especially in the U.S. and much of the Western world, that small group of people has largely been white men. And I want other groups of people to have access to wealth. Of course, there are systematic issues that are far greater than what I can accomplish in this podcast. But if you have a better understanding of how to build wealth or how to negotiate or how to invest and you earn more money, money is power in our society, whether you like it or not, that's just how it is. That gives you more power to then do good with your money as opposed to be subjected to whatever the historically wealthy class feels like they want to subject to you, whether it's low wages, things like that. However, nothing really gets resolved if different kinds of people have more money, but hoard it in the same way that white men have historically hoarded it. I kind of already see this. I'm just going to go on a very, hopefully brief tangent here. A very conservative idea is the idea of the American dream that anybody, regardless of your circumstances, can pull themselves up by their bootstraps and make it and earn their way to riches. And this is historically more conservative. Many People in the United States who would identify either as a liberal or a Democrat kind of see through the American dream where people who tend to identify more as Republican or conservative very much believe in the power of the American dream and don't really see either the class you were born into or your race or your gender as being a hindrance to your probability of achieving said dream. And then lately, over the past several years, I have seen women who, yes, are largely white in the group that I'm referring to, but still are women, which means they are historically a marginalized group of people who have been denied access to wealth, teach a lot of the kind of same stuff. It's just repackaged in a new way. They're not selling the American dream, but they are selling you the idea of the law of attraction or money manifestation and that if you have good enough thoughts or you do your manifesting good enough or spiritual enough or whatever the enoughness thing is, then you too can have a million dollar business or a million dollars in the bank, etc. And just like the American dream, a lot of these money manifestors and law of attraction folks ignore the systematic issues that make it harder for some people to achieve said dream. My whole point in saying this is I want more people other than white men to have access to wealth and to build wealth, but it's not going to solve anything if we just act the way that white men have historically. And so that's why I'm going to continue having these kinds of conversations around giving, around spreading the wealth on this podcast, knowing that it probably will have lower downloads, but you're here and I so appreciate you listening to this episode. 
Okay. And then the second reason that I wanted to have this kind of conversation on the podcast is because I actually believe that giving can be a part of having a healthier relationship with money. I have struggled with the scarcity mindset for as long as I've ever had to deal with money. And for those of you who don't struggle with that, basically a scarcity mindset is you think you're broke all the time, or at least you feel broke and you often will feel guilty about spending money, whether or not it's in the bank. And when I say you feel broke, meaning like you truly feel broke, you are not broke by the numbers, but it's just how you feel. This has been something that I've struggled with on and off for the past 20, 25 years or so. And what I have found is that giving is a really powerful way to cope with that. In my experience, all the affirmations in the world, all the therapy about talking about my money story and unpacking my money story, it certainly did shift it a bit. So I don't want to say it didn't help at all, but it just still kept coming up over and over and over again. And I was just getting really frustrated. And then I realized that when I gave money, it helped me have a deeper appreciation for everything that I have and a deeper understanding of the privilege that I was born into. And this has really helped me to overcome a lot of my scarcity mindset issues. I think that capitalism and the hyper-capitalist world that we live in drives you to think that you need more, more, more. And this is how the capitalist system completely unchecked operates. And I think that as individuals, we can operate on a microcosm of that. Like we always need more, 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 more. And if we're not getting more, 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 then we're losing money and then bad things are going to start happening. But when you can actually counteract that deeply, deeply ingrained narrative that we all have because we all live in a capitalist society, then it can help to unhook that spiral because you're like, oh yeah, I do have $5, $50, $500, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be a lot. And that's what I've noticed through my experience. For me to unhook from my scarcity mindset, it does not mean I have to write a $500 check. It means even just a $5 donation. Something really, really small can be just enough to take the edge off and for me to see the bigger picture, so to speak. So I want you to keep these things in mind as you listen to today's episode with Anna. And again, if you feel called to make a donation to one of the organizations that her company is spotlighting, then head over to the link in the show notes and you can make your donation from there. I will certainly be doing that. So I'd be honored if you wanted to join me in that. Just a Last reminder, if you do want to book a run your money session with me at my Black Friday, Cyber Monday deal, then make sure you go to Lincoln. And with that, let's get to my conversation with Anna. Hi, Anna. Thanks so much for coming on to the show. I'm really excited to talk with you about charitable giving, donations, etc. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So we're going to talk about how giving can be part of someone's financial strategy. And I don't really do like a whole lot of like, tell me how you started kind of thing here on this show. But just so people know who they're listening to, can you give a brief, this is what I do and this is what my organization does kind of thing? Sure. I'm the director of the Greater Sum Foundation, and we run programs for early stage nonprofits. So the organizations that we support are pretty new pretty small, but they're growing and they're doing really exciting work. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. So I think a lot of people, when they think about 
giving, they think, well, gosh, like inflation or prices of gas or all these Christmas presents I have to buy for who knows how many people. But it can actually just be like a larger part of your financial strategy. So I was wondering if you could talk us through some of that. Of course. Today is Giving Tuesday, and that's the biggest day for donations in the year for Americans and actually a lot of people around the world. So last year, there were $3 billion donated on Giving Tuesday Wow! to all kinds of charities doing all kinds of work. It's the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. We've had our Black Friday. We've had our Cyber Monday. And people are kind of thinking about doing good in the world. But that's a year-round practice. And whether you give on Giving Tuesday or you give monthly to your favorite charity, at some point, it's good to kind of stop and think about what do I want my giving profile to look like? And how do I know what I care about, what I want to invest in, and what I feel comfortable saying no to? I think that's really great because I think we were talking about this when we when we connected a few weeks back where, you know, when you go to a store and you pay with your credit card and you check out and it's like, would you like to round up and give to whatever, whatever? And I always want to say no because it's not really part of my quote unquote giving strategy. And I also have no idea what this organization is. But then also at the same time, it's like, oh, it's like 35 cents. Should I really be that person that says no? So I'm curious what your thoughts are about that. So I'll say two things about that. The first is we all have a limited amount of time to vet the opportunities that we're going to give to. So when a large corporation identifies a nonprofit to have those giving opportunities for, usually they've said, we have a major priority of giving to children's health. And this is the best way we've found to bring our customers into that. So they're doing some of the work for you. And that's not going to tend to be an organization that is controversial or problematic or about to go under. It's, it's a pretty safe investment. And then the other thing that I'll say about that is it's really common for people to give because if you want to look at it in a negative way, because they feel pressured. But if you want to look Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Look at it in a positive way because they might want to be a part of something bigger or something meaningful. They want to be aligned with other people in their community. So that's a reason to round up at the checkout counter. It's also a reason why I will 
almost always, unless I really have a problem with it, give to someone's birthday fundraiser on Facebook because that person's putting themselves out there. They're telling you what they care about. And literally, if I would buy them a coffee for their birthday, I will give that same $5 to their birthday fundraiser because that's what they want to accomplish. So sometimes yeah. it's not the cause, it's the connection. I really love that perspective. And actually, that's one of my values and goals with money, my own money meaning. Like when I see whether it's a birthday fundraiser or a GoFundMe, I want to be able to give a hundred bucks and not think, oh, how is this fitting into my budget or can I afford this? But every time I see it, just be able to give every time. Like that's that's a big goal for me. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder, like, is this going to spiral out of control? Can I actually afford to do this? And I think looking back at your history and thinking about, like, what is a ballpark amount that I'm comfortable with this? If it's $50 here and $50 there, at what rate am I giving? And is that going to end up being a few hundred a year, a few thousand a year? Is there a point where I say that's too much? But kind of creating that safe space for yourself and then being able to feel abundant in the moment, I think is really meaningful. I really, I really love that. And I mean, yeah, I would be, I would love to be able to just give a hundred bucks every time I see a GoFundMe. At the same time, I probably see a GoFundMe at least once a day, if not more. So just like any other line item that I might have on my budget, there needs to be also a top end to to that as well. So like, let's say it could be like $500 a month or I'm just throwing numbers out there. That means like I can give to 10 GoFundMes at $50. I can figure figure it out. But I do really enjoy having that space in my budget to be able to give without really thinking about it. Is there anything for people to think about in terms of giving as it relates to taxes and their tax strategy? I know you're not a CPA, but obviously this comes up a lot. So I'm just curious what might be helpful for people to know as they think about their giving. Well, one thing to know is that if you are not itemizing on your taxes, you're not going to be able to write off all of your donations. For the last few years, the government has given us non-itemizers the chance to deduct a few hundred dollars every year. And so you want to have records close to hand of your donations, but you don't need to pull it all together for your CPA unless you're going to itemize. Now, that perk for non-itemizers expired this year, but there is a movement to put it back into future tax years. So do you mean it expired, meaning like 2023 when you go to file your taxes next year, it's no more? Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. So if you don't itemize and you just take the standard deduction, then you don't get any tax write-off for giving. But if you itemize, and that would be basically for higher earners who have lots of different deductions that would exceed the standard deduction, correct? And so yet another loophole in the tax code that favors the rich. Here we are. But if you are part of the rich and you're listening and you have a lot of deductions that exceed the standard deduction, then yeah, then you get a write-off when you give, which will save you some money in taxes, which yay. And then hopefully maybe in future tax codes, everyone will get a few hundred dollars above the standard deduction to write off. Am I hearing that right? Correct. Okay, great. A couple things that come to mind. The first thing is I know some people I've talked to them 
try to only donate to places where they can get that tax write-off, but knowing that that probably won't make a difference in their taxes, just give money wherever you want. Let's talk about how some people are concerned about how to vet organizations and not just vet organizations, because I know you said you go to Walmart and they have some sort of roundup thing for some organization. My guess is that nonprofit is probably really well. I don't know if it's really well funded is the right phrase, but pretty well funded, at least if they have some sort of corporate partnership with Target or Walmart or wherever else you might do your shopping. So my question is two things. One, how can people vet themselves or what are some resources to do that? And also, how can we find some of those more underserved nonprofits that don't necessarily have the big, shiny corporate partnerships, but are doing really good work? That's a great question. So you're right that very big nonprofits are very well funded. And some of the things that people want to know about nonprofits are like, how is my money going to be spent? We can get really in the weeds looking at this sometimes because like there's this myth that nonprofits can exist with no overhead. But what we mean by overhead is like having an IT department, right? Like it's very hard to get work done without this like super scary overhead because that's actually fueling a lot of the work. So the guideline that I tend to recommend in general, like if you're hearing about a nonprofit for the first time is look at GuideStar or Charity Navigator. You can look nonprofits up by either their name or their EIN, which is like the official number assigned to their business. And you can see how this very large organization whose mission is to evaluate nonprofit efficacy, how they are are evaluating them. Then you have, like I mentioned, I support startups and they're very small. And this sometimes means that the founder isn't taking a salary at all because they're trying to get things started. Or it could mean that those overhead expenses look a little out of whack because they're just starting to build the organization and grow their impact. So for organizations like that, we have our Giving Tuesday platform is it's we call it an accelerator cohort. So we have nine outfits this year that we've been working with in our virtual incubator program on financial strategy, on storytelling. So we've done some of that vetting work for you so we can present nine organizations that are literally changing the world. And you can go in and make your donation to whichever one touches your heart and then greater sum will match your donation. That's amazing. So you've got nine organizations that are new in startup mode that you're promoting between basically now when this episode's released, Giving Tuesday through the end of the year. Yeah, that's right. So we'll put all of those links in the show notes so you can check them out and donate if you want for that tax write-off. That may or may not matter. <laughs> but I know we don't have time to go through all nine organizations, but not, not that I'm forcing you to pick favorites, but I guess I kind of am. Would you mind highlighting a couple or a few of the organizations and just kind of the work that they're doing? 
Yeah, I'm, I promise I'm not picking favorites, but <laughs> I'm really excited about a program called Worthy Mentoring that is an app for young LGBTQ people who are trying to figure out their way in the world and looking for mentors in that community. So that's one of the programs that we're supporting. Another one that's just kind of in a totally different sphere is Fluffy Friends. This is an organization that was founded by a young woman who had serious health issues as a child, and she's created Fluffy Friends as a friend for other kids in that position. And she partners with hospitals so that doctors can give the Fluffy Friend to patients on their caseload. So these are very far apart, but the things that they have in common are that the founder experienced something, came up with a solution that is working for other people in their community. And we see the potential for that to really grow and help more people. I love that. And the fluffy friend, is that like an animal, like a little kitty or a puppy or yeah. something? Yeah, it's a stuffed it. animal. And Okay, stuffed animal. So no real animals in the hospital. No real <laughs> hospital. I guess that really makes sense. Okay. Do you have one more? Because these are so cool. Another one that I really love is called Pineapple Women. And it is an organization that provides opportunities for young Latinx women to meet women in their chosen careers who are further along that career path. So a lot of women in STEM tech. And the neat thing about it and the thing that we think makes it really kind of scalable is that the girls, they get to interview those role models and those interviews are shared more broadly. So you can go to their Instagram and you can watch these interviews with the pineapple women and share those with other young people. I love that. And so if someone were listening to this for they, you know, wanting to give $100 to one of these organizations, that would be deeply felt in a way that's like way different than Save the Children, for example, getting a hundred bucks. So that's really exciting. That's really awesome. Okay, cool. Well, one more question that I have for you. This isn't what I do in terms of the work I do with clients, but it actually has come up and people ask me all the time and I'm like, honestly, I have no idea what to tell you. And that is people who are interested in starting nonprofits. When people come to me, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And I never really had a resource until I came across you. So I'm really glad we're connected. So can you not like giving a whole spiel on like how to start a nonprofit? Because I'm sure that's a whole thing. But just where people listening who just happen to be interested in that, where can they go? How can they reach out to you? What resources you have, et cetera? Absolutely. So don't be discouraged by this. But the first resource I'm going to share is a blog article from our website called Five Alternatives to Starting a New Nonprofit. Because <laughs> nonprofits are... They're labor intense. There's a lot of red tape. There's a lot of bureaucracy. And if what you're doing doesn't require that, you can do it a lot faster through other models. Interesting. So yeah, that's that's my first thing is like, make sure that this is the right thing for you to do. And then if it is, you want to have a group of people who care about the same thing, right? Some of those people will become your board of directors, your volunteers, your donors, but start to build that community cohesion around, yeah, this is a problem that we're seeing that we want to fix. If you strike out on your own, it's going to be an uphill battle. But if you 
have a group of people who are engaged around the same issue, then there are a lot of resources out there that'll help you grow your nonprofit. Cool. I had a client last year who was starting it and I was like, I have no idea because the taxes are so different than starting a business. And you can make impact having a for-profit business. Anyways, well, thank you so much for coming onto the show. I really appreciate it. And everyone listening, if you are looking for how to make your end-of-year donations, if that's your style, that's your jam, then check out the link because we're going to list all of the nine organizations that Greater Sum is featuring this year. And anything that you give will be matched between now and the end of the year. So thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.